This is the Talk Theater in Chicago interview podcast. I'm your host this week, Anne Nicholson-Weber, and my guests are David Rosenberg, who is Director of Communications at Steppenwolf Theater, and Kathy Taylor, who's a principal at Kathy Taylor PR, and they are here to talk about what it is that publicists do, something that I know a lot about because I deal with publicists all the time in getting tickets to shows and arranging for interviews, but probably a lot of theater goers don't have a clue, and it's actually very important to the ecology of the theater. So, Kathy, would you just kind of very briefly explain what the job of the publicist is? The easiest way to explain what I do for most of my clients is media relations. And that includes everything uh, from writing press releases to uh, facil- you know, making sure the photo shoots happen and facilitating the right distribution, the distribution of the correct photos, the best photos for the show, and B-roll, which is video. Mm-hmm. And really creating the relationships for the theaters to the media so that they're represented uh, properly mm-hmm. and as much as possible. So so getting the right message and a lot of it. Yes. <laughs> and then, David, you work in-house at Steppenwolf. Correct. So is it a different job? Um, no, I think it's exactly what, what Kathy described. Um, you know, I just focus on one particular client working at Steppenwolf, whereas Kathy focuses on a variety of clients. You know, when people ask me, I think people get confused about the difference between marketing and publicity. And, um, you know, I say marketing people pay for things. They pay for the ads. They pay right. for the, the placements. And PR people, we, we try to get people to do stuff for free. We get, mm-hmm. you know, right. the features um, in the newspaper and the stories on the radio and TV. And there's no and the exchange talk of money. Chicago it's just podcasts. based on, this, yes. on <laughs> right. you know, uh, the artistic interest right. in, in what we're representing. Right. So then you have obviously relationships um, directly with the the people who cover theater in Chicago, the the reviewers. Who else is important in your world to have relationships with besides your clients, obviously? Well, the world of the reporter has grown so much in the last, even the last year. It used to be there was there were a handful of important reporters in town, and there still are. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, because the landscape is changing radio is increasingly more important television is increasingly more important blog there are so many bloggers and so there are more relationships to manage mm-hmm. um you know and then on top of that especially for commercial clients there and long-running shows it's also a lot about uh brand development and also just um keeping the name out there mm-hmm. so it's appearances and promotions at places um, and I don't always handle uh, p- promotions as much as I do appearances, um, you know, but it's it's getting their name out at, at bars, you know, it's, at sidetracks or at, a, at, a, at I've done the Bears game. We've done the national anthem at, at the Cubs and the Sox. Mm-hmm. So it's that sort of thing to just keep that um, keep that out there. So like a prime example would be Million Dollar Quartet, which I know mm-hmm. you, you represent. Yes. And they've been going now how long for we're in our fourth year. Fourth year, you're right. Yeah. So you're tr- constantly trying to bring in new audiences. Yes. And what, what, when you said promotion, is that like, you know, co- cheap tickets on Gold Star or what is a promotion? Well, I work, that does count. Um, mm-hmm. I, we, I, a million dollar quartet and the Doyle and Debbie show, I work with Allied Live. Uh, and there's a woman there, uh, Cindy Raymond, who's really fantastic and she'll do promotions right now. You may have seen the commercials on Jiffy Lube where if you get your oil changed, you get a free ticket to Million Dollar Quartet. And it's fantastic because Million Dollar Quartet is now 
mention on all of the Jiffy Lube advertisements. Mm-hmm. So she's great at things like that. And she's relationships with grocery stores and sports arenas. And, you know, it's her, she never ceases to amaze me with the relationships that she has. So how important is it? I mean, you probably, David, have some of your actors, you know, give really great interviews and other actors who maybe aren't so good at that. How much does it matter how good, say, an interview is? I think it's probably very important. Um, you know, I think the good thing about actors is they're actors and, and generally they're, they know how to engage an audience. Um, but in my experience, there are a few actors who are terrible mm-hmm. at talking about acting. They don't know how they do it. They don't want to think about how they do it and they wish you would leave them alone. Right. And, you know, I, I think that's, that's certainly one of the challenges. Some actors, um, and artists don't really care to do press. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I sort of respect that. They want to, they want to concentrate on the art. Yeah. Um, that's what they're there to do. Right. Um, you know, and we're there to promote the show. So sometimes, you know, that marriage doesn't happen between actor and publicist. Right. Um, but that's just part of the business. Right. You know, that's right. just the reality of working in theater. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think for everyone who doesn't, really feel comfortable doing press. There's 10 people who love to do press. Uh So uh I think it all kind of balances out in the end. I think what I'm really asking is, is it true that any publicity is good publicity? I mean, in other words, if you manage to get something placed, somebody's interested in some aspect of your show and they do an article about it, does it matter whether the article is good? Does it matter if the interview is good in terms of your goals? Absolutely. I Mm -hmm. mean, and that's a lot of Mm -hmm. factors that Mm -hmm. that's whether the actor gave a good interview, it's whether the journalist asked, asked mm-hmm. engaging questions. Mm-hmm. I'll always ask, like, who would be the best interview? Who can speak about this? Mm-hmm. And then also, if there are any speaking points that they need, mm-hmm. I'll make sure that they have the information that they need in order to give a good a good interview. And that's not to say, tell them what to say. Right. You know, I do encourage them to be themselves and, and to talk openly and freely. But there always is a little bit of training so that, the messages are consistent and, and the, the information is truthful. Right. And it's helpful to everyone if the actor is on the same page as the reporter, if they know what to expect. And, right. And right. Right. What, what is this well. about? What are we right. going to be talking about, for mm-hmm. instance? Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about, um, you mentioned, Kathy, that the whole landscape has changed so mm-hmm. much because of not only radio and television, but the, the bloggers. And I think the blogs create a very interesting challenge for publicists because some of them are really good they're as knowledgeable and as have just as uh, educated taste as some of our you know sort of certified reviewers let's and say and a lot of them are used to be certified reviewers and lost their jobs, their jobs. <laughs> right online. right right yeah. and then a lot of them aren't right yes <laughs> there's obviously a huge <laughs> variation in the quality and and you're in the position, among other things, of having to decide who gets press tickets. Mm-hmm. It used to be that press tickets were only available to kind of the the good housekeeping seal of approval mm-hmm. <laughs> reviewers. But in the new world, that's clearly too limiting. So how do you do that? How do you navigate that? Is there a rule of thumb? Is there Do publicists put their heads together? And... Well, we do talk to each other a lot about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. We'll send emails around um, and say, have you had problems with this person? What's your experience, especially if it's a new blogger? We did that right. A we do, ago. This is one of the secrets of the publicity industry. We, we all talk other. to each other. So yeah. don't make one of us mad because <laughs> we're all going to know about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, um, staying on top of you know, like Kathy said, the the changing landscape of the media, especially with um, 
the internet and where people are getting their information has been a huge mm-hmm. challenge, um, you know, for us as publicists to stay on top of. And, um, I mean, five years ago, if you told me, you know, a blogger was going to come review the show on with press tickets, I mm, probably right, would have been like, right. what, what, right, right. you know, and now I, I actually embrace having the bloggers. Um, you know, I do have some rules of thumb. Um, I try to look for people who write intelligently, who blog specifically about theater. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, the way I try to explain blogs to people is um, it's a great way to get a pulse on how everyday people are thinking about the show. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. even if they're not a seasoned critic, everybody everybody can talk about a show. Uh, every audience member who goes to see the show can talk about it. And if people can start an intelligent conversation online, you know, and blogs are generally interactive, mm-hmm. um, then I don't see any harm in, in having bloggers come and write about the show. Mm-hmm. Um, well, obviously you can't prevent them anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. anybody can come to the show and right. say whatever they we want. We can certainly choose whether, whether, them, yeah, rather subsidize them essentially. They're getting tickets. Or right. Not. Right. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a, um, it's kind of a rocky road sometimes, you know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had to uninvite people. Right. Absolutely. Right. And I'm not shy about saying to them, telling them why they've been uninvited or taken off the press list and, mm-hmm. and invite them to keep sending me links. And if their, if their work gets better or mm-hmm. if it, it becomes more suitable to that particular client. And it's, it's never me. I don't just make that decision in a vacuum. I always check with my clients because it's a decision that directly affects them. Well, and that's obviously dicey because easy enough for someone to say, oh, they don't like me because I don't like their shows. Right. And I, it's not necessarily a ne- it's, it's okay if it's negative. Mm-hmm. It just has to be intelligent. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, again, I completely believe that there's such a thing as good and bad criticism and that I know the difference and mm-hmm. that you know the difference. But I could imagine that there might be people who say, well, why isn't my opinion just as relevant? And, and so give me an example of a conversation that you might have had with someone about the reasons that you were, um, demoting them. There was someone who, um, we felt was in her writing was very disrespectful to the actors because she Mm. didn't understand really what they did. Mm -hmm. Um, Saying that they knew their lines and they were walking around the stage effectively (laughs) isn't, that's not okay. Right. Right. Um, And, and she was with a legitimate blog site. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and so it wasn't even just this, it wasn't the site. It was a specific contributor. It was, and it's happened several times. Mm -hmm. We've also had people, if you're rude in the audience, Mm-hmm. You're gone. Mm-hmm. You, you're not invited back. You know, if, if you're you're talking, or if you leave during intermission, mm-hmm. that's that's one of the things that is so awful. If people come to a show and leave midway through on opening night, oh, yeah. especially if it's a, if it's an intimate venue, mm-hmm. it's don't take free tickets and leave in the middle. Right? It's disrespectful to the actors. It's disrespectful to the theater. Um, it's disrespectful to the industry. And so here's a tip. If you're someone who has come on press tickets and you literally get sick and need to leave, who do you tell that that's why you left? Let us know. Mm-hmm. Tell the publicist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, there are legitimate reasons. Right. But if it's because... You just didn't want to bother seeing the second act. You <laughs> to stay. That's right. fine. I mean, actually... You're welcome to leave. Mm-hmm. We can't make you stay, but we don't have to invite you back. Right, right. Right. And, and really, in all fairness, you shouldn't be reviewing a show, good or bad, right. unless you've sat through the entire show. Right, right. I mean, you know, when you when you agree to come in and review a show, whether you're blogging about it or, you know, reviewing for a major publication, right. um, you know, you're buying into the fact that 
you need to sit there and watch the entire show. And if I don't, if I don't notice it, there are little spies out there. It's the reporters. It's the other bloggers mm. that will tell us like, mm-hmm. oh, sh- she left in the middle of the show. Right. Did you see she fell asleep? And like, yeah. Yeah. Really, it's amazing how much communication among colleagues is so important to what we do. When you you both talk about the story, and I don't know that that's self-evident to a listener what you mean, like what kinds of stories might you think of? I get excited about different things, so I I make it my personal mission. For, For example, for Elizabeth Rex, I love that bear. There is this great bear in it that is gorgeous and ridiculous and you just want to hug it and it's expressive and it's such a small part of the show but I was like someone needs to talk about the story behind the bear Uh you know there's someone inside it who would have special bear training and you know they they got the bear costume I believe from the Guthrie and then they made modifications the same woman that um, the same artist and I'm not going to remember her name um, who did a lot of the puppets for their family family shows Mm. uh made some modifications to the bear too to make it more expressive. So it's really, it's, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful show, but that's one of my favorite parts. I just get so excited about the bear. I happen so, to know because we're doing this interview at Kathy's house that she has a dog who might as well be a bear. So <laughs> maybe it's not surprising. <laughs> no, but it's, you know, it, there are certain stories like that, that I just get really excited about. Mm-hmm. And, and then talking to reporters, you know, sometimes hopefully it communicates. Yeah. It's like, Oh yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of the cool side of it. Um, you know, we work with some pretty brilliant journalists in this city mm-hmm. and sometimes they pull something out of a hat that we never would have imagined. Mm-hmm. We, um, did, uh, Clyburn Park was our last show and we had this lobby display, uh, interactive lobby display where people put post-its up on a city map of Chicago mm-hmm. and, and made comments, um, over a variety of topics about the, the various neighborhoods and a reporter came and just fell in love with this lobby display and this idea of this, this interaction that was happening in the lobby. And it ended up being the cover of the Tribune art Sunday art section. That's a great wow. piece. Yeah. Right. And I, I facilitated everything once, once he gave me a, a call, but you know, it's sometimes the, the fates just, you know, everything just aligns and something beautiful like that just falls in your lap. Right. Well, that was a cool show. You did a really good job with press on that show. It was interesting. It was as interesting to read about as I think it was to watch. Well, there, okay, so that's a really good way to talk about this. When you say you did a really good job, David, what, what does that mean? mean? What is the art of the publicist? What distinguishes someone who's really good at it or did a really good job in a particular show? So you, you look at a show and, and, you know, with with Clyburn Park, for example, there were so many conversations to be had around that. Mm -hmm. And it was, and and there were great visuals. Because of the content, because particularly. Of, and the, the content and the buzz around the show already mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Bruce had a history here, I think. And, you know, it just right, it was, right, it, it right. was, there were so many different angles. And I, I, from where I sat, I was like, wow, David's really leveraging that really well. It's mm-hmm. just having conversations with as many people as you can about it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it seemed like it had certainly the interest of the community. Right. I think sometimes you just get this sense, you know, when you're looking at the media, the show is everywhere. You know, you mm. did, I think you did the same with Follies at mm. Chicago Shakespeare. It was everywhere. And you just sometimes, it helps when the it show kind of felt, is really brilliant. Good. You it know? does help. And then, you know, for the, the real thing at Writers, it, that mm. was a beautiful show. You know, it, it was fortunate then that Carrie Coon was on um, the Playboy Club. So it was easy to go to the Tribune and say, hey, why don't you write a story about her? Uh-huh. Um, you know, so, it, for instance, if, whenever I read a review, if, if a re- 
a, re, a critic really likes a particular actor, then you start looking for angles in that and, and, and looking for follow-up stories as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Kathy, you said to me once about a show you were um, uh, representing that it just never found its audience. And that mm. was an interesting phrase to me because, you know, what does that mean? Why not? There are, and I think I know the show that we were talking about, um, there was a show I, I worked on last spring that got couldn't have received more press. You know, we got so much press. It we did everything the right way, right? And then the word of mouth just wasn't there, mm-hmm. and it just never, never really picked up. And it was, um, you know, it, it was a fight to 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 keep it open and, and to make it make it go. And and you know, you you keep trying to get the the story angles out there and and. Mm-hmm visibility on the radio and TV and online so that people will come to see it and start talking about it. You know, and, and a lot of times, especially in the, in the beginning of a run, we'll um, give away free tickets, which we call papering. And it's, first of all, to fill the house so that the actors are playing lonely, right? <laughs> but also so that we get the right people. And it's not just giving them to our friends. It's it's getting the right people in there. Yeah. And the tastemakers and, and the people who can talk about it in the community. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so that you do get word of mouth going, you know, mm-hmm. because it, it's not just about what we do. It's, it, it is about press, but it's also about advertisements and, um, you know, seeing a poster in a, in a store and, mm-hmm. and overhearing someone talk about the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's, it's everything builds up. Well, that reminds me of, um, I interviewed Anna Devere Smith and she was talking about the production of Raisin in the Sun, speaking of Clyburn Park, that, um, uh, Sean Combs uh, starred in, mm-hmm. and she really admired the producer of that show because she said he was brilliant at what she called authoring an audience, which I think is a very cool phrase. And it it suggested to me that you're not just trying to get people there, you're trying to get the right people there. And I don't know how much that's your job to decide who are the people who will really get this in an, in an important way, um, as opposed to just selling tickets. But I would imagine that it, that it does matter. Mm -hmm. One of the first thing we talk about is who do we think the audience will be, Mm -hmm. you know, and you start off by saying, well, our subscribers and people who like theater, but then, you know, maybe in a particular show, people who like country music or people who like baseball or, you know, and then Mm -hmm. that gives you a better idea of what venue should we go to. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like with the Doyle and Debbie show, what we've learned is that it's, it appears to be a country show, but it's not just a country show. Um, we're doing really well with ads, for instance, on WBBM. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a suburban audience. It's people who, um, it's a great date night show. It's, it appeals to gay audiences. Um, so you look out in the audience and, you know, you have all different races, you have all different ages. You have, you know, it's it's an exciting thing to look out over the audience because it's not just, it, it's not what you would expect. Not one thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, well, here's an interesting question, David. What are some of the, you know, kind of best and worst moments in the life of a publicist? Um, well, specifically, I, I mean, I certain when you think back over all the shows you've done, I mean, there's always some that that jump out. Um, you know, for me, I think working. When I was working in commercial theater and I worked on the pre-Broadway world premiere of Spamalot, I think that was some of the most fun I have ever had working on a show. Um, and then 
And was that because of the people you were working with? Or the yeah, show it was just, you know, it, it was a wonderful, it, it was just a wonderful show and, and the New York publicists were wonderful to work with. And then to be able to watch that show go on to New York, you know, and have mm-hmm. such a healthy run and win a Tony for Best Musical. I right. feel like you were a part of, you know, the very beginning of that. Right. It was really wonderful. And I yeah. think um, at Steppenwolf, you know, when... I first started, it was right about when August Osage County, um, and I have to give Kathy credit while they were busy looking for me, mm-hmm. um, hiring me, Kathy actually handled the press on August Osage County. I came partway through, but that was really cool. Right? Yeah. That was a cool so show. I think, that show. You know, I, it, it was, it was interesting because people, before people saw it and before word was out, mm-hmm. I think people also knew that it was three and a half hours. Right. And you'd have to say to people, no, 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 but you'll love, trust me, you'll love it. Right. And, I saw that show multiple times and, and it was thrilling every single time. Yeah. It's thrilling to see the audience reaction, right. you know, and, and yeah, that was, that was a cool thing to work on. Right. And I came in right, right before it opened on Broadway. Um, and to be part of that whole experience and then, especially on Tony night, it mm-hmm. felt like being, you know, a family member of somebody who was playing in the Super Bowl, all of right. us sitting in the theater watching right. the Tony Awards together. We we all sat um, in the theater, put up a big screen TV at in, in the theater, theater right? at Steppenwolf. Uh-huh. All of those who couldn't go, all those of us who couldn't go to New York, right. and you know, we we're in there, and just probably one of the most fun nights. Um, Tony nights are fun when you're involved. Yeah, right. I, mean, I I worked with um, Chicago Shakespeare when they won the original Tony, and then last year I went with Looking Glass to New York oh. when the, in the. A lot of company members did. And it was really, it was fun. It yeah. was very, you know, it was a night for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, neither one of you have talked about a, a worst moment. I have a good one. I oh, go. One. Um, I was working on a tour of Starlight Express. and um, <laughs> You don't need to say anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you right? do. Yes, Enough you do. Said. Someone um, There were 3D glasses involved. Um, but that, that wasn't... <laughs> It gets worse. Um, you know, of course, the, the actors in Starlight Express are on roller skates, and there was a turntable on stage. And shortly after the show started, the turntable, something happened, and it not only stopped turning, but it, it actually popped. So there was there was a, like a one-inch wedge Uh-oh. between, you know, like a, a gap between the right. stage and the turntable with these actors on skating, roles, right. right? So they, they somehow managed to get through the first act. Oh, this was on press night. So this is when all the press were in the audience. Um, so during intermission, um, unbeknownst to me, the actors were trying to figure out how they were going to get through. First of all, they tried to fix the turntable, which didn't work. Um, and and the, then the actors tried to figure out how they were going to get around doing the whole second act of this show without hitting this this lip that had right. suddenly appeared, you know, so nobody went flying into a wall. And um, the intermission stretched from 15 minutes to 20 minutes to 30 minutes oh. to 40 minutes. Oh, gosh. Um, it felt like about 40 days you know, <laughs> right. when, when you're the publicist. Sitting and you, there and all the press, all the reporters are... press people looking at you. You know, just trying to decide what, if they're going to stay what's for the going on, right. and nobody has actually told you what's right. going on. Right. Um, I don't think I will ever forget that. <laughs> the 40 day intermission. Starlight Express. That happened at Victory Gardens too during the vibrator play. The sound system, I believe it was, went out on press night and it was handled very, I mean, the, it was a long intermission, but it uh-huh. was handled very well. Sandy uh-huh. Chinner made a lovely speech about it and, you know, it was incidental music, which certainly affected the play. It wasn't detrimental, mm-hmm. but, you know, to actors and to a director and when it's your baby and it's oh. up there, you just feel so bad for them because you know, you know, that moment, it was a little bit different 
Right. Um, you right. know, and it was a beautiful play anyway, and it, it did really well, and right. Neil did a wonderful job on it. But it is you, your heart sort of sinks. Kind of you start right. sweating right. it out, like. right? And you know, and those moments those, that seem so terrifying, they're, they're the ones that everybody sort of looks back and laughs at because everyone understands it's live it's theater, theater and right. anything can happen. Just recently, um, I would think uh, uh, something of a publicist nightmare. Your show Penelope, which was to star. John Mahoney, right. um, and right. again, as you know, his picture was the poster for the show. Um, and he had a death in the family, I believe, and had to leave the show a week before. Right. So a it had to be recast. The first right. Right. Um, yeah. It, I mean, you know, one of the things that we have to deal with sometimes is crisis management. Um, mm-hmm. and when you, you know, lose one of your lead actors, um, especially when it's a celebrity actor right. like John Mahoney, uh, at the last minute, you know, um, you know, Luckily, I, I think at Steppenwolf, well, first of all, we were, we were lucky in that within 24 hours, Tracy Letts, who's also another, you know, big draw for our theater, agreed to do the role. Right. So we had an actor in place. So within 24 hours of having to sadly announce that John Mahoney was leaving the play, we were, we were able to announce that, that Happily, Tracy Letts right. was, was going true? to be on I the heard stage. that he was actually in his car on the way to Oklahoma and he turned the car around. Is he that was, a true story? He was driving home to Oklahoma for Thanksgiving, I believe, and he turned around to come back. He saved our butts. Yeah, it's the power of ensemble um, theater, right? Right. 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 And that, that's exactly that. I think that's the thing that really saved us. Um, certainly there are people who, um, want to come and see John Mahoney, but the reason people subscribe to Steppenwolf mm-hmm. is to come see ensemble theater. Right. So the subscribers probably did not buy an entire season just to come see John Mahoney. Right. They came to see Steppenwolf do what it does best, which is ensemble theater. Right. So for us to have Tracy Letts step into that role, right. um, you know, of course there were hiccups um, and some people who had bought single tickets just to see John Mahoney. And, you know, we have a whole whole staff to deal with that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, it really, given what happened, it went smoothly. We didn't cancel a single performance. Yeah. We actually went on with the first preview a week later. Um, and you know, you'd never know that Tracy wasn't, wasn't in the rehearsal room for, you know, a month versus a week before the play went on. Um, you know, and I think part of that is that these actors, you know, have worked together for so many years and collaborated and, you know, another one of the beautiful things about ensemble theater. You just skip so many steps. Right. You know, Chicago actors are all, they, they have the same ethic most of them and, mm-hmm. and a lot of them have worked together too so it's it's pretty amazing remember for cuckoo's nest when gary sinise had to step out you know he had his understudy come on for a couple of shows and there were very few complaints mm-hmm. you know yeah. some people might have exchanged their tickets out but it was rare mm-hmm. and it wasn't an ensemble member i think it was christian stulte who was his understudy and and you know he wasn't a, an ensemble member per se but certainly a chicago actor and it's it's a really beautiful thing when that can happen and it's still a great production because we're just less star oriented Overall, mm-hmm. yeah, right. I think we don't do star billing, mm-hmm. you know, in Steppenwolf. Mm-hmm. You'll never see John Mahoney starring in Penelope. It's right. always Penelope starring ensemble members, and wherever blah, blah, John blah. Mahoney right. falls alphabetically in right. that list is where he falls. Right. Um, you know, and and that's what ensemble theater is. Um, sometimes I feel like there's, I won't say a uh, conflict of interest exactly, but but I like. To cover the difficult stuff, not just the good stuff. You know, I like to, I'll ask an actor, so what was the hardest thing? What was the thing that you just thought you'd never be able to figure out? Or, and I think in general, there's an, um, reporters or people who, who want to tell the story of theater 
don't only want to talk about how great a show is and how great the actor is and how everybody tells the truth and how everybody loves everybody, you know. Mm -hmm. Is there, as as someone who's trying to, to some degree, control the story, is that something that, that you have a role in maybe trying to control, <laughs> stop, because you want a more positive spin? You know, the beautiful thing about doing theater is that you use the phrase crisis management earlier, David, that's so rare. Mm -hmm. You know, everything I do, I have pretty much my year planned in September. I know the date I'm going to write the press release, the date I'm going to send out each press release. You know, you, you have your dates for your long lead calendar listings, the dates mm -hmm. you're going to start pitching things. There are very few surprises. And it, I mean, well, things come, things of course come up, but there's very few managing of negative stories because it's, it's a happy industry, you know, it, when it comes down to it, where it's art and entertainment. So it's very rare that, you know, evil doesn't creep in very often. And that's right. a really nice, it, right. so it, it makes a really, for a really nice job. You know, there are certainly color, colorful characters, um, both with our, you know, clients and actors and certainly with the reporters. Uh -huh. And that's what keeps it interesting, but it's not necessarily negative. Right. I mean, you know, it's human nature. We want to all hear about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, right. you know, right. um, actors, they're great at, you know, providing all three. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think it's engaging sometimes. Right. And yes, of course, sometimes somebody says something in the media that, you know, your jaw mm -hmm. just drops mm -hmm. and you wish that wasn't out there. And sometimes you have to do damage control. Mm -hmm. But I think most of the time, you know, people sort of enjoy that. Um, it's not interesting to, yeah. to read only about, you know, the good fluffy stuff. Right, um, right. You know, I, I think that in it's a way. It's photoshopped. You don't, it, you don't buy right, it. You right. Know, I not, mean, I yeah. think that, you know, that's part of when you go to the theater. I mean, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing every, everything possible that happens in life on the stage. Yeah. So, you know, why can't you talk about it in the media too? Right. To right. some extent. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's what's interesting. <laughs> and you can just be glad that you don't represent Spider-Man. Right. Well, thank you both so much for joining thank me. Thank you.